What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fiends Podcast, episode number two. I'm Larry. This is Nick. Hi. We are one half of the band Fiends. If you want to check us out, you can find us on all major streaming platforms, Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Kazaa, LimeWire, wherever you steal music from. Napster. Napster. If this is the first time listening to us, uh, first off, we welcome you. We want to thank you. This is a music podcast. This is a live podcast. This is an excuse for two friends to get together once a week and, you know, catch up and, you know, share some funny stories and talk about the things that interest us. And hopefully they interest you. Uh, what do you think of the whole, I guess, process of this, like, last week, doing the first episode? Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, because uh, you are actually very, very uh, positive. I will give you all the credit in the world because I was just a wreck. And I, we sent so many texts like to each other. And I was actually very surprised of how positive and supportive people were. Yeah, I mean, I don't have Facebook. So, you know, you had told me that, hey, a few people reached out and said it was cool. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I had a couple of people on my Instagram and uh, some friends who texted me that said that they listened to it. And so that was really pleasing. Um but uh, it was, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm a pretty social guy, so it's really easy for me to talk to just about anybody. Um, so I, I'm, I guess being a vocalist, you can't really be timid or shy. I mean, some people still are, unfortunately, but you, you, know, you kind of, the longer you're on stage and doing things, it, it gets easier. But um, regardless, it was, uh, it was pretty easy for me to just get up here and start talking and... Uh, I, I thought it was a really fun experience. I had a good time with it last time, and I, I just want to keep it going, man, for real. Yeah, uh, I was actually, uh, your enthusiasm was actually very um, appreciated because for me, um, it was the exact opposite. So I touched on it briefly last week where I was talking about how nervous I was to You were a doing... nervous wreck? Oh, yeah, I live in a witch house. <laughs> okay, I'm uh, yeah, done. That's, I'm done. Yeah, I'm that's done. stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I was a uh, very nervous, very uncomfortable to be doing this, and uh, I really had to stop myself and just kind of, uh, I need to remember not to take this like too seriously because this is all men and like good fun and yeah, and that's exactly what I told you today and last time and throughout the week. Not to be so hard on yourself, and it's just supposed to be something fun, man. And like you know, you and I are not gonna make millions of dollars off of doing this. This is just for us to get together and have some laughs and um, get other people to listen and get them, you know, have them be interactive in some way. And uh, that's just all it's supposed to be. You know what? I found that from last week's episode, I found out that the longer the episode went, the more calm, like. I became. Yeah, that's how it is. More man. loose. It kind of reminds you. It's kind of like going on a date for the first time with a girl. Um, it usually like sucks for a while, and then, and then towards the end of the night, you all start talking and opening up more. Sometimes you'll go on three dates, and it just, it just sucks the whole time. But, I mean. And then you get to. You know. What? What do you get to do? You know. What? Well, no. Tell me. Go on another date. Go on another date and then find out that she's not interested in you and she's been talking to your best friend the whole time. Yeah. 
That's actually never happened to me, but it was funny though. <laughs> but it, it's happened to other people. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, somebody yeah. out there who's listening yeah, yeah. is crying right this second over a girl who did this to them 15 years ago. Get over it. You now. loser. <laughs> Fucking loser. I didn't say that you did. Uh, I'm being positive. Uh, you don't realize like all the little ticks that you do, especially when it comes to speaking, like until you like hear your voice like played back. Um, you don't realize like, how many times you say like and uh and you uh, know uh, you know I like, do that a lot. So, you know, one of my personal, uh, my personal journeys that I've been going through this year has been self improvement, and so I feel like this is like an extension of that. So it's one of those things where like I have to be okay with the fact that I'm not okay with like my voice, or I have to be okay with the. The fact that I'm not as confident as I would like to be. And then once I can kind of let go of those things and release them is when I can, like, focus on other things or, like, focus on improving other ways. So mm-hmm. um, I'm very, like, appreciative, like, to have this outlet because, like... I, I was, am too. I was actually talking to somebody about this today is that the older you get, the less outlets you have because nobody gives a fuck about no. your opinions. Like everybody's got their own shit going on, and um, especially you know people in our age group now, they all have families, and everybody's going through their own things. And you can't just pick up the phone and call somebody sometime. Like, let me tell you why I'm upset. Nobody and, cares. I mean, you have friends who care, but also you don't want even bother. they don't care. Well, I care about you when you have problems. Yeah, but when you call me and tell me your problem, I don't care. Man, you're a fucking dickhead. A little bit. Man. No, I'm really upset that you told me that right now. That's okay. Um, The main topic of this podcast, this episode, is going to be... uh, It's going to be criticism and how we deal with criticism. Uh, Whether that's being in a band or in our personal lives uh, in general. Uh, Nick, how do you deal with criticism? Not well. I... uh... I don't like criticism because I feel a lot of it is bullshit. I I welcome constructive criticism, but the problem is um, what people think is sometimes constructive criticism a lot of times is not. And, um, and they always preface it with, oh, can I give you some constructive criticism? No. And I want to be like, no, fuck you. Like, I wrote the song this way for a reason. <laughs> like... And that's the problem, you know, like, you have some people saying, oh, well, I don't want to give too much Yeah, more, no, but, no. Uh, but so. yeah, I, I mean, as I've gotten older, I've gotten better with criticism. But, you know, when, when somebody tells you, let me give you some constructive criticism, that's one thing. But if, if it's another, it's another Consider thing. Consider the source also. Yeah, like, that's the other thing. Is it credible? With, um, with social media, you know so much about people, even if you don't, have never actually spoke to them or, or met them in real life. And you know what they like and what they're into if you follow them on these platforms. And so when some of these people try to tell us what they we should be doing with our music or our songs, I'm like, dude, you listen to dumb shit. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but I, you and I have nothing in common. In fact, my band is not even for you. I'm, we're in two different worlds. Like, what, you're you're pretty much telling me to change the genre of my whole band to accommodate you, and I don't really want to do that. It's the the vocal minority. 
a lot of the times. Um, yeah, that exactly. It's, it's the people. It, it's a small <laughs> group of people, but they're the loudest. They're the loudest. Um, so that is something I want to talk about. But before we get into that, we have a couple things that we want to get to, and we're a few weeks late on this. But um, System of Down released their first new music in about fifteen years. Uh, yeah, because Mesmerize and Hypnotize came out in two. It would have been two thousand five. Hypnotize is fifteen years old, I think, today. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because we would have been in ninth grade. There's probably only like three or four good songs, in my opinion, on that on Hypnotize. Yeah, that's you know uh, Mesmerize. I think was so. That's much what I asked you. Like, what do you think of the the, the the double album? I I thought that they probably could have just made one. Mesmerize had better songs. Hypnotize had like a handful of good songs on it, but. Um, is there such thing as a good like double album? I feel like most double albums were better off like served as one like great like very good next to great album. That's a good question, and I want to go and think about that because I I want to give you an accurate answer because I feel like there's there's one or two CDs out there. Nelly, Nelly, it was right? definitely Nelly is is just a creative genius that actually. He wrote a triple album, but they had to cut it down to two because that fan base only has a very small attention span. So he didn't, you know, he, he dumbed it down for us because we're dumb. And he's smart. And he's smart. He's Nelly. I, it was I, hot and he took off his clothes. That's a really, that's common sense. Yeah, you're hot. And you yeah, take you're off hot. Your you take off all your clothes. If it's cold, you put on your clothes. That was actually going to be on the triple album. It was going to be everything. If you're cold, but opposite. put on your clothes. Yeah. But because it was a summer song, it was hot. You know what I mean? I, I think he invented the double album. I think he invented clothes but, so he could take them off. I think he invented music. I don't think music existed before Nelly. Like pre-Nelly? There's I think pre-Nelly he, and there's and post-Nelly. And he also invented you know, like band-aids. There's post, you know, like there's post-hardcore? There's post-Nelly. I still don't understand the concept of post-hardcore. I know I, if I sat down and actually like figured it out, I'd understand. Yeah, what, is, what exactly does it mean? Like, I, I know people give examples of post-hardcore bands, but, like, or is post, it, I don't like, know. but what makes a post-hardcore band? I don't know. It's like, it's like pre-workout and post-workout. But that makes more sense than post-hardcore yeah. and pre-hardcore if there's a pre-hardcore. I don't know. Is there a mid hardcore? Maybe. Um. Yeah, I don't know if there's any. You know what? If you're listening to this and you can think of a good double album, let us hit know. us up because we should talk about that next time. So I can go home and look at my CDs. Yeah, that should be a thing. We should probably uh, uh, recircle this. Oh, like, Titanic was a good double album. That's a double movie. That's a double VHS. That movie actually sucks. Double cassette. I didn't like it. Why? I just you knew uh, how it ended. Yeah, you just kind of you just kind of wait for the inevitable. It's four hours. It sank. I know. I feel kind of bad for Billy Zane in that movie. Why? He had everything going for him, and then the girl leaves him for that uggo. For that uggo, Leo DiCaprio. Nasty. Um. So back to uh, System of Down. Sorry. Yeah. uh, Or as I like to call him, Sode. Wow. That's just me. You can't say that because there's that band Stormtroopers of Death, S-O-D. Nobody listens to them. Okay. (laughs) 
so System of Down, they released their first new music in about 15 years. Uh, they released two singles. And uh, one of the reasons I want to talk about this, because um, I remember when it came out, actually, it was big surprise to a lot of us like i remember like i think i woke up in the middle of the night and i saw that they had posted i probably saw on twitter that they had posted these two songs and i think i texted you like very early in the morning like six six in the morning Mm -hmm. um that they they put out two new songs um so one that's cool that they were able to keep things under wraps because there's always been that are they or aren't they um kind of deal when it comes to system of down especially for the last few years um but like first of all like what do you think of the songs and and the so the two songs are help me out here it's protect the land and genocidal humanoids yeah um i thought the opening or the main riff for protect the land was a strong riff but the song in my opinion is is not that good i i feel like it's a song that it sounds like a system of a down song i'm gonna piss off people here but it sounds like a system of a down song that was written in 30 minutes like maybe like 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 a b-side yeah like like i'm i'm not a huge fan of it i mean i you see that's where i i have a problem because it's for a good reason why they got together and wrote these songs because of what's happening in armenia and in Artsakh, and um so that kind of brought all the whole band together because the band's been pretty divided for a while. Yeah, and and um, to further expand on that, I think the the interview they were quoted as saying like, not to expect anything, you know, more from the band, but also never say never. And these songs were really just made to kind of uh, bring more attention, like yeah. as you said, to what's going on. To what's going on. So you know, you have to respect that. But I mean, as a, I mean. Is it a song that I eagerly wait to listen to and play? No. Um, so Protect the Land, it wasn't really a big winner for me, but I think it had a lot of potential, especially that main riff. Was, that was, you know, that's a total system of a down riff. And, but I, uh, I actually enjoyed Genocidal Humanoids. There was something about that song that was kind of catchy to me, kind of fun. Um, I, I liked that one a lot better than Protect the Land. But I should also note that if that was on any of their other albums genocidal humanoids on any of their other albums i probably wouldn't listen to it as much as some of those other songs on those albums no i have to be honest about that i agree with you i don't think they're as strong but also i'm trying not to compare it to any of their previous work because i remember seeing like some negative criticism where something to the effect of like oh we waited 15 years for this and this is what we get but i also saw the other side of the coin where people were just so excited just to have system of a down because yeah and honestly that yeah i'm not one of these people who gets online and complains about albums i mean if i have a talk with a friend who likes the same bands as i do and we talk about new music that's a different story but i'm not going to go out of my way to put my opinion on an album on my facebook profile and just say oh this album fucked man so i but it fucked man but i mean um regardless if system of down like let's say system of down had actually gotten they had announced we're coming back together guys COVID is not a thing anymore so don't worry about it you know it's cured it's, it's gone it's gone we're gonna tour they have a lot of power i'm just saying if, they were if, just if like COVID wasn't a thing COVID's and, gone and they said we're gonna tour again you know they're gonna play all the songs you want to hear anyway true so it doesn't really matter 
Um, and that's kind of how it's always been with a lot of bands. A lot of bands have just put out some kind of, you know, just whatever. You know, they, they've put out some out new albums and you go watch them live. They'll play this one or two singles off that, but they're going to play all the songs you want to hear anyway. Unless you go see like Radiohead and they're going to play whatever songs they want to play live and you just have to deal with that. But like they're probably not going to play Creep. Even though that's just, that's the one song everybody's there to hear. Yeah, and they're not going to play... But you know what? I admire that. No, like, you have to respect it. I like it. that. I mean, it would be cool to hear uh, Fake Plastic Trees live. Yeah, if you want to kill yourself. Well, I would just probably just cry by myself there in the... Actually, you know, everybody else would be crying too. Yeah, amidst uh, 5,000 people. Yeah. 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 Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, so, this song... Actually, both songs. Yeah, I, f- I feel like they're kind of on the generic side, but I was just so excited just to hear like that sound because I feel like th- their sound really can't be no, duplicated. It's, it's, it's System of a Down. That's... Actually, that's what I wanted to ask you. Uh, this is just, just throwing this out there because I, I think it's Protect the Land where you listen to that song and Surge vocals are so low on that mix where like I even questioned I was like is he even singing on this song mm-hmm. because he's barely cutting through like it it's just it's just there and like more than anything and then I was wondering like because we've heard like in the past where you know he's written a bunch of songs specifically for System of a Down but they, for whatever reason, can't get their shit together, and so he ends up using them for Scars on Broadway, which, well, actually, that last Scars on Broadway, there's so many songs that, those are system of down, that... Well, I think Protect the Land was actually a song written yeah. for Scars on Broadway. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think both I, I of think, them. I think, I th- yeah, I think they both were, so, I mean, um, I don't know, man, On, I mean, Could, I can speculate, I can say, well, they wanted to get together to do something to raise awareness for what's happening, and one way to do that is just to get a song that's already written, and I can just go by and just put my, I can do the least amount of work as Surge and just sing the lyrics that are already written and just harmonize with Darren, and then it's a, it's System of a Down. Is there a world in which they do System of a Down without Surge? What, could that ever work? Because we've probably I, seen it I, in I, other I, bands. I think it could. I mean, I think it could work. Um, probably wouldn't be as it successful wouldn't be, it wouldn't be as cool because a lot of the songs on mesmerize and hypnotize they, yeah there's a lot of songs that i some of the best songs on those albums were predominantly darren vocals but then let's let's use this let's use this as an example lost in hollywood is probably one of the best system of a down songs in my opinion i agree and their whole discography that's the better of the double album yeah just because of that one song that one song takes it so, um, and that's, you know, that's pretty much Darren singing, but then you have that part towards the end where Surge comes in and the, oh, yeah. okay. So, you know, that doesn't sound the same without him, even though it's an easy part to do. True. Y- there's something about the dynamic between Darren and Surge. So, I mean, could Darren sing some of these songs live with Scars on Broadway? Sure. Um, will it have the same pop? No. I mean, I, and I feel like they're a band who they're going to keep all that separate. And if one member was going to sing any System of a Down songs, I feel like they probably would take it to court or something. I don't think there's 
necessarily animosity in that band but for whatever reason they all can't get on the same page and it's one of those reasons we haven't seen or heard new system of down music in 15 years but you know what they never stopped really like playing shows yeah they, 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 uh, they were still getting together and playing shows and festivals and i mean you gotta you gotta put some money in your bank account somehow i mean i'm sorry but i'm just not a fan of search tanky and solo stuff he has like maybe four or five solo records yeah and i've never heard i've never been a fan i mean the empty wall song was kind of cool when it first came out but then everything else on that album i just what i didn't like it scars on broadway was kind of iffy for me i'm just like this this, these guys when they're together it's so much better but um, that's what i'm talking about like he there's a lot of songs on those scars on broadway uh albums that you know are supposed to be system of down songs but oh, e- yeah. even the other like musicians like even the like the without like the drums or without the bass without surge um it's just not the same those songs don't translate as well there's something about like those four guys that creates this this sound that i mean nobody's really duplicated or even tried you to you can't you can't copy system of a down because they, yeah it's just there's just there's something about that band that you just cannot be replicated. And I, I hope that one day those guys can all s- sit down and just get on the same page and just want to jam. It seems like half the band, that's what they want to do. But then it seems like from all the interviews and things that you've heard from multiple members, it, it's been a lot of difference for a while between Serge and Darren. Now, there's a lot of talk in the political realm about this, the differences between Serge and John, the drummer, because they're both, <laughs> one is left wing, one is right wing. But for mo- for the last several years, um, most of the interviews you hear, you kind of get the impression, however, that Serge, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Shavo and John are like, hey, we, wish, we, wanna, we we're waiting, we want to play system songs, we're ready to get back together. But Serge is doing his thing, and Daring is doing his thing, and they just can't, you know, see the eye to eye and write in the songs. You know, it just sucks because there's just so much, like, toxicity. I feel like me and you would probably have, like, a, some sort of legal dispute over the Fiend's name. Well, I made it, so. Yeah, but I... I, I know, I actually, I came up with the actual word Fiend's. Like, if you look it up in the dictionary, I made sure they put yeah, my because, name there. Yeah, because Cold Chamber came up with Fiend, but we yeah. came up with Fiends. Well, plural. I actually came up with the name Cold Chamber. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, man. I've been around for a while, man. See, see, you, you came up with Fiends, but I am Fiends. So... Hey, fuck you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not even mental, dude. Dude. D- don't. Don't even give me... St- All right. Y'all remember what he said? Because that's a story for another day. We can't say that story today. That's too long of a story. Shit. This fucking guy. Yeah. Uh, you know what today is? A Sunday. Oh, besides that. No. Oh. It's uh, it's the <laughs> it's uh, Undertaker 30-year final farewell at Survivor Series. Mm. You remember The Undertaker, right? I sure do. So they're doing this big farewell, if you follow, if anybody gives a fuck about it any of this but i remember one time we were you're watching wrestlemania probably 2017 this would have been like 33 
we're at a buddy's house and uh undertaker's having his what seems like maybe his final match and uh his final match which probably should have been like five years earlier but whatever see that's what i'm getting at is is that we're watching this match and I'm coming from a place, uh, like most people, we're coming from a place of, uh, you know, we respect the sacrifices that this guy has made. It's such a huge part of a lot of our childhoods, this character, this iconic figure. uh, There's a level of uh, respect to the character and the person portraying the character. And... uh, Nick was just talking shit the whole time for like the whole 20 minutes and and also to, the whole 20 minutes that it took him to walk down the ramp because he has he can't walk fast he has like no knees and uh I was trying to enjoy like the moment I was trying to enjoy like uh, this is one of the last times that like our core of friends all got together and I was just seething on on the inside because he was just saying like this guy's a fucking loser. This guy sucks. <laughs> this is stupid. This guy's old. He's yeah. a loser. I think the loser part, I I was really doing just doing that just to piss you off because it was funny to see your reaction. I apologize. No, no, no. And he's but he, you but still everything else I meant. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you my side. <laughs> I uh was a big fan of The Undertaker growing up. Let <laughs> like, me tell you my side. He sucks. Yeah, he's not good. No, I was kidding. So I grew up watching The Undertaker too. I loved the guy. But then there clearly became a time <laughs> where I was like, why the hell is this guy still wrestling? Like, his mat, he was just like, so I couldn't believe it anymore. It just got silly at, one, at some point. I'm like, come on, man. Just, he clearly looked slow in the ring. It takes him, on average, 15 minutes to walk from the ramp down to the ring. And I could literally go run two miles <laughs> in between the time it takes him to come out and actually be ready for the match. So it's just like, I just got tired of, of watching someone. Of pretending. I got tired of watching to... somebody that I, 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 you know, I, I grew up watching and you know, I was crazy about. And then it just was like, holy, oh, this is just... Okay, how am I supposed to believe... That the fucking Undertaker can can hang with CM Punk at CM Punk's like peak. Like, come on. Right. Do you do you think in it's... in in wrestling, not MMA? Uh, oh, yeah. Gotta throw that out there. We don't talk about that. You know what the worst part of all of this was? Is he was right. <laughs> no, he, and, he and... looked super rough. He was super heavy, and it was one of those. I think that's why it pissed me off. More than anything, is because well, I knew I, he was right. Yeah. I knew it was like, oh, and man. I think that's what made me even more mad watching the the match because I think the, I don't know what match was before it, but we saw at least one or two good matches before. Yeah, and then that came off towards the end. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> like there are like the, all these up and coming guys. That's kind of why I stopped watching wrestling, especially WWE, because I got tired of all these really good wrestlers who had star power. You, they had it. They had the look. They had the mic skills. They could hang in the ring, and they were totally being just buried. They blew it. They blew and it. all of a sudden, nobody it, ever reached their gotta, potential. Now I got to sit through a match of the Undertaker, who I'm afraid is going to have a fucking stroke, <laughs> like at any minute. It's okay because he's dead. 
He's the dead man. That's true. It's not a matter of I hate the Undertaker. I do respect the Undertaker. I just wish that he had like hung it up years like, ago. I just think he sucks. I just think he's not good anymore. <laughs> do you want somebody to be honest with you and tell you the things that maybe other people are afraid to tell you? Like, like, <clears throat> like yeah. if, if you're not good at something, do you want somebody to tell you, hey, you suck? Or do you want people to sugarcoat it to protect your ego? That depends. I mean... There's, I mean, people who pick up hobbies just to better themselves, not because they plan on competing in anything, just because they want to do something and be a part of something. It's never anybody's like place. anybody's place to say, hey, you suck. You should not do this anymore. It's like, hey, man, fuck you. Like, I want to learn how to do this. Um, but I mean, if if you're really trying to make a living off something, or your or a career out of something, and you just don't have it. At, I feel like at some point somebody's got to you know put some sense into you. Now, there's two things that could happen with that. Number one is you could realize like, oh, you know what, you're right. I'm like wasting my time doing this. I'm not getting anywhere with this, um, and I, I I don't have what it takes. I put I put X amount of years into this, and I've gotten nowhere, and I've given it all I had. But, you know, really, it's time for me to understand where I'm at and be real with myself. Yeah. And not, you shouldn't lower your standards by any means, but you need to understand, okay, where are your strengths and where can I go from here? Yeah. The other thing is sometimes that lights a fire under people's ass and they're like, you know what, fuck you. I'm going to show you that I can do it. And so I think that that does need to happen for both those reasons because there's some people out there who have no business stepping in a ring. Like, let's use that as an example. There are some people out there who have no business stepping in a boxing ring uh, MMA. A MMA cage, you know, if some people just don't have what it takes to be wrestlers, professional wrestlers, that's just the truth of the matter. If you're a timid person, if you're a timid person, um, if you're you refuse to to exercise, you don't want to learn agility moves, you don't want to like work on your promos, then you yeah you don't have what it takes because clearly you're not trying to better yourself. But if you do all those things, you put the time in. Maybe you could. You you got to give yourself a fighting chance, though. You got to know your potential, but also know your limits. Um, no, I agree. I think it comes to comes down to people's intentions. If your intention is to do something because you enjoy it and it's a hobby and it's nothing more than that, then and you're not hurting anybody. Like, yeah, okay. But also, I feel like some people are not a lot of people are not self-aware and i think that's where ego comes into play a lot of times when they're not good but they have that ego to them about it i feel like those people sometimes like need to be taken off that pedestal sometimes but also too like for me personally that's not my place to do that but you you kind of want to see it you secretly want to see it like mm-hmm. that band or band person like they have no business business being that confident where do they get that from but also too i guess it's admirable or but i don't know i feel like there's this uh it's a very fine line yeah um that actually lends to what i wanted to talk about today is uh 
criticism and how we deal and we kind of touched on it uh earlier and how we do not take criticism well uh, do you mean you don't take criticism well like in the band or like personally um i think both i mean um there are times when i was quick to judge when somebody like criticized something and then i'd go home and think about it I'm like you know what they're right and as i've gotten older i've gotten better about that if if somebody gives me some sort of critique about something now i'm like you know what yeah you're right like they'll tell me right then and there i'm like yeah that makes sense but if somebody tells me something that doesn't make any sense (laughs) i'm just like no i'm i'm not gonna do that i I, and plus i don't want to do that (laughs) when it comes to the band um it's a little bit more personal to me like, who are you to tell me what I should be doing? I feel like we, and this is just us personally, I feel like, and this is does not necessarily pertain to everybody, but I feel like we are our own biggest critics. I know I am, and I know you are. Well, that's the other thing, is whenever we put out something, a lot of thought has gone into that. And so, um, when we finally play a song live or record it, and somebody gives us a critique about something we've already critiqued that ourselves x amount of times and we finally came to a finished product now are there sometimes when some people are right sometimes yeah and i'll have to and i have to admit that you know especially if you're recording songs if you go and record a song somewhere you play a part and the producer i'll use josh as an example because you know we've worked with josh so much And there were a lot of times when Josh and I saw eye to eye on things and you didn't see eye to eye with us. And that's just the truth of the matter. So, and I think you didn't take that well either, but also I'm the same way because you were critiquing some of the things I was doing in the studio and I didn't like it, but then I would think about it and I was like, you're right. Or I would ask an outside source what they thought and then that would kind of be the deciding factor. But the biggest thing is, you know, you have to put the ego aside and take what somebody gives you. And if it's a shitty idea, it's a shitty idea. You'll know it right off the bat. <laughs> but if, it's, if, it, if there's some merit behind what somebody says and you take it, in, and you take it to, into consideration and then you try it and it works, you're like, oh, wow, this is the – you've got to think about the, the, the big picture. Yes. And if the song is going to benefit from it, at the end of the day, then you got to go for it. But um, it's the ego, uh, and every and you know, and people. There are a lot of humble people out there, but in, as a local musician, you have to have some sort of ego, um, whether it's a small ego or a big ego. I mean, you 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 have to have some sort of. Uh, there's a word I'm trying to find, but I can't really say it. But there, you got to have some sort of drive that gets you up there, and yeah, you know, I got to prove something. But ambition, you, yeah, maybe. But um, we we've that, had, we've had a lot of just we've had a lot of critique from people in all sorts of realms, and we've had all the keyboard warriors on YouTube uh-huh. talk shit too. So that, I mean, that's interesting. Like I probably would like to delve into that a little deeper. The idea of um, ego versus maybe like modesty or like that can be difficult when you're in a band because 
a successful band, you kind of have to play to the ego because what do people want? They want a show. At least that's what I think, right? Most people, I feel, don't want to see other people who look like they just walked off the street. They want a show. If people are going to pay their hard-earned money on something, they want the entertainment aspect. They want a spectacle. They want to know that they got their money's worth. And so that's kind of where you have to do your part in presenting that to them. And that's something that we are... um something that we try to do as much as possible. Like we don't want to come off as an amateur band. We want to turn heads. We want to present ourselves as uh, larger than life. Yes. We're just, I mean, if you want to downscale it, we're just some local band. We don't mean shit, but if you come to watch us, for those 20 to 30 minutes, I mean, we're everybody on the stage wants to escape the realities of the world we live in yes we want to dive into these songs that we've written and we want you all who are fans or watching us for the first time to enjoy it too and and do the same thing and um it's escapism if if i get up there and i you know just i don't give a shit about what you all think and I give a half-assed performance, then I'm wasting everybody's time. So I, I, it's a hundred percent. You got to give a hundred percent of, of what you know you can do, but also you want to get people on board and support you and go behind you. So, um, yeah. That's the thing about criticism that I guess it's the intent behind it, but also too, when you think about it, if anybody's willing to take the time to give you criticism, that kind of implies that they care because if they didn't care, they wouldn't tell you anything. I mean, if they didn't give a shit, they wouldn't take the time to tell you, Oh, I could see, you know, approved, but also too, it's how we were saying earlier, like consider the source, like Mm -hmm. who's this person telling me like, who are they to tell me anything? What do they know? But that, you know what? That's also another thing that I feel like it's a human thing where we tend to struggle with because, and we see this a lot um, with older generations that you're an older generation. Nobody wants to be told anything by a younger generation because they don't know anything. You know, they're naive. They don't have any life experiences. I feel like that's such a natural reaction. Nobody wants to be confronted with anything that pertains to them. Nobody wants to be told that, you know, you could be doing this better. We, It's an instinctual kind of uh, act of preservation. We're trying to protect ourselves. So it's like, who the fuck are you to tell me anything? Like, if we bring it back to the band, like... Um, we've recorded with people. This is this is not Josh, by the way. But like we've recorded with people prior to that, where they're coming in, like telling us how we should be writing our songs, or how I should be playing my drum parts, or um, trying to rewrite our shit. And what they fail to realize is like we're our own biggest critics. Like this song has already gone through the filter like a hundred times before it ever got to you. Yeah, I get there's some bands who they don't care and they'll just give you whatever. And yeah, they're 
open to... Uh, and, and that's not to say, I mean, we are open to suggestions, yes. but when you're giving us a, a suggestion that doesn't make sense, I mean, when, when all members of the band are looking at each other like, what? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, it'd be something if like some of the members were like, you know what, actually, yeah, that kind of sounds like a cool idea. But if nobody says that, I mean, like, come on. <laughs> I have this one memory. We played this show and... Uh, actually the sound factor i think mm -hmm. uh it's a pretty good show actually it must have been 2012 2013 i think this is one guy and uh i don't even want to say like we really had no rapport with him and i think he was just i i don't i don't really understand i don't know what, I, what I, his... I don't i don't have anything bad to say or good to say about him i just <laughs> Leave it. It's a neutral. It was one of those things where, like, nobody asked for the opinion, but they decided to give it to us anyway. And his whole thing was telling us, and yeah, y'all are pretty good, but I think you all should play. Um, he said, y'all yeah. should play faster. Y'all should play faster riffs. And I remember that <laughs> we're. We're just so, um, we reject criticism so much that almost in defiance, we set the intention of writing slower songs. <laughs> <laughs> we did. And what's funny is he said that at a time when down tempo was coming in, like, like within that next year, down tempo was going to be the next, was like the next thing. Yeah. So, I mean, you were going to have band bands like Black Tongue had already existed and then bands like Traders were going to come in and, like, be them. So these bands were, like, doing, you know, all this down-tempo, slower stuff. And then people loved that. So, I mean, we didn't go full-blown down-tempo, but we we slowed down our stuff on purpose. And um, it, it, it did, the song benefited from it, actually. The erotic part is that same person went on to make... A down-tempo, <laughs> slow-riff band. But yet, they were so quick to tell us what we should be doing. And so we did, you know, we kind of did more down-tempo elements. Yeah. Not full-blown. We never full-blown down-tempo, but we did that. And then after a while, what we do, we, we picked it right back up. Yeah, so I think we got to a point where everybody was doing that and became very passe, so we've always been pretty good at like when things are becoming stale, like just changing things up. And so people were expect, I feel like people are almost expecting like those slower type songs from us. So what do we do? We're going to write a bunch of faster riffs. Mm -hmm. Like just when you think that you, when you have that expectation of what we should be, that makes us want to go in the opposite direction. And I know that's not, I know that's kind of childish, but also too like fuck you for having those expectations of us to begin with like having that like hard critique of what you think we should be because we don't have to be any of those things mm -hmm. actually one of the things i wanted to do um was actually go to uh go to the youtube comments on one of our music videos and just kind of scroll through and see if we can find any negative uh, comments i looked at it briefly before we started recording and i remember 
I, I remember so much more negative comments. So I, I guess that's a good thing that we didn't find nearly as many as we remember, which also uh, that probably that's a good point to make is that when you hear those negative things, you take that to heart so much more than those positive comments mm-hmm. too. Like that vocal minority is always the loudest and you fixate on the negative and you forget about all the positive stuff that people are saying. And that's really unfortunate, I think. I want to see if I can find some negative comments and, and hopefully I can piss Nick off <laughs> with some of these. I'm already mad. <laughs> uh, so if you want to play along, this is on our music video for the song nervous wreck you can find this on the beheading the traitor youtube channel here's one from uh from punk slug he says i don't like it but also i really dig it at the same time and i want to keep listening that's not too bad i don't i don't get it but he says i don't like it but i want to keep listening thanks i i guess (laughs) uh let me see from James G. <laughs> That's a good handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's not much thought. It's a, just James. James G. James D. He writes, could have taken time to learn how to do proper vocals. <laughs> I thanks James G. <laughs> I'll uh I'll be sure to find the nearest vocal coach because I really want to sound like everyone else. Uh, C-Rex... Fuck you, James G, you <laughs> piece of shit. Uh, C-Rex83 writes, Those vocals sound like the noises I make when I'm taking a difficult shit. Really? I, I find that very hard to believe. Yeah, I mean, if he if he is doing that, he probably needs to go to, to a, a gastroenterologist. Yeah, he should probably get that checked out. That doesn't seem natural. Yeah. Um, well, fuck you too. You know what? And and the cool thing is there's people, and we don't know any of these people, but there's people in response to those two comments uh, pretty much saying that, like, not every vocalist has to sound the same. And well, why that's kind of my thing. You know, just, I've kind of found what's more comfortable for me. I don't want to sound like everybody else. I want you to be able to hear a Fiend song and be like, oh, that's a Fiend song. If if I go and do the, the guttural shit like everybody else does, it's like, yeah, it sounds cool, but I mean, I mean... We, you know, if you listen to Dez from Devil Driver and Cold Chamber, you know it's Dez. Yes. If you go and listen to Corey Taylor, you know it's Corey Taylor. You know, there's so many bands in our genre that all sound the same that you know you can't really pick one from another. Sometimes, I mean, there's a few that you know is you know it's them. It's like Frankie from Mimir. You know, you know, you know when you hear Frankie's voice because he's kind of got that the the high pitched highs and then. Um, and people didn't like his shit, but I think Frankie's cool as fuck. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, uh, you know what? I want to read. Uh, this is another comment from James G. Mm-hmm. He, he uh, felt the need to write uh, two comments uh, separate. He he couldn't keep it in the same uh, comment section. He says, uh, "Time on your hands, and this is the crap you guys come with." <laughs> it's so weird how funny thing is time was not on our hands (laughs) that's what the song is about stupid you know what and james g G. james (laughs) uh 
you know, something I want to ask you because I feel like, and this is the unfortunate part. Um, I feel like it's, it's very difficult when we put our songs out on like these hosting channels because we have so many more eyes on it than normal. Right. And you have all these people like looking in people that we don't even know. So you're, you're putting yourself out there and, uh, and I feel like a lot of these people, um, tend to zero in on your vocals. Mm -hmm. Like, is that harder? Like, yeah, I mean, and that's why I, because nobody's ever like, Oh, the drumming sucks. No. Yeah. That's why. And, uh, so that's why it's hard for me to go watch some of these videos. Like I'll watch them like once when they first come out, then I'll never watch them again. And, um, mainly just because just people on the internet are fucking assholes. And, you know, it used to bother me a lot more. Now it's kind of like, whatever. I mean, if these people actually were in our circle, a lot of them, probably, probably all of them would never come up to you and tell you anything in the things they write online. And, and so it's, it's easy to have a voice on the internet. And that's the problem is, you know, everybody's a fucking black belt on in the YouTube comments until in real life they're fucking, you know, timid and you know there's um it's funny cuz I think about some of the shows we used to play a long time ago and there was there were some people who were just so critical of everybody, every yeah. band and they would just talk shit so much and then you'd go to the they, they would be at these shows and they would just be looking down the whole time and not making eye contact with anybody, and I'm like, dude, you're a bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, you talk so much shit about all these bands who are playing here tonight, and here you are at this show supporting the show, yeah. and you're just looking down and playing, uh, oh, I'm a quiet guy, and then you're going to go home that night and talk more shit. It's like, I don't get you people, but whatever. Uh, these, these are people I don't talk to. I'm. I don't have any interaction with them. If they want to talk shit about my band on YouTube, fine. Go ahead. It's <laughs> not going to change anything. But if it makes you feel better at night, uh, that's really sad. I I feel like um, that's something definitely you've gotten better at um, over the years because I know it probably used to bother you uh, at first, and it bothers me too because. Uh, I think your vocals are so distinct, which is also like the, this is why I respect you as a vocalist because you don't sound like everybody else. And I've always told you this is, uh, that's your strength that you don't sound like everybody else. So like own in on your strengths. Like that's, that's the idea. Yeah. The, the minute I start just, you know, sounding too much like everyone else, then it's really not a fiend song anymore. And, um, It is what it is. I am who I am. You're on board if you're on board. That's all I can say about it. <laughs> I'm. I don't know. I just, it just really upsets me that there's people who take time out of their day to just go shit on everything. When it's like, dude, just if you have nothing nice to say, just be quiet. Like, or you know, call your friend and talk to him on the phone about how much <laughs> something sucks. You don't have to go put it on YouTube. It doesn't. Even like, that's. I mean, that's not productive. But it's probably a little bit better than 
than putting it out there well, publicly. Well, you know, you, you think about all these like young kids, like these teenagers who put these videos of them playing cover songs on YouTube or Facebook, and we live in a society nowadays where people are just very sensitive to begin with. Yeah. So if you're you have some poor kid who did something nice and then you enable the YouTube comments and somebody's there just talking shit about a poor kid. Very discouraging. Yeah, a kid watches that and is like, man, I don't even want to step outside. Like, yeah. this, this guy says that I should die. I'm a 13-year-old kid, and some guy wrote that I am a waste of space and I should die. Like, like that's what the fuck kind of world do we live in? I mean, I'm a grown man, so if you want to fucking talk shit and tell me I should die, then, hey, I, you know, be my guest. But, I mean... The, the fact that is that it's so easy to do this to other people and, and to, to young people. Yeah. It's, it's unreal. I, I, just, I, hope this, I hope somebody out there who's a fucking troll hears this and questions their life right now because it, it's, just, it's just sad. I mean, you're not, I'm not, I don't expect everybody to like our band, and you know, it's not going to happen. But it just it baffles me with just the how people go out of their way sometimes to just bash on and you and you go look at some of these, and you'll go look at some of these other people's you'll see some of these same people in their comments on other pe- bands videos yeah and it's all the same shit like they never like yeah. anything and it's like man that these guys i don't know what kind of music they listen to or like but it doesn't matter this it doesn't matter they don't like anything they don't like anything it's so casual in the way that they do it and i think that's the that's the shitty part is that they don't have anything productive in their lives, and so it's so easy to tear down somebody else. And uh, yeah, especially like I'm not gonna take it too seriously if somebody doesn't like our band because the, the, other people do. It's it's <laughs> it's a uh, objective, subjective, subjective, subjective. Other people, you're not gonna uh, like everything, but you know what? Like, well. I've never felt empowered, and I I don't even know if I've ever really written, like, I don't write, like, YouTube comments. I don't even feel, like, empowered to participate in, like, YouTube comments or, like, forums. It's very rare that I have. I think I can count on the times on my hand that I've done that, but every time I did it was just to just say, great job. Just because I felt inclined to say, you know what, that was really good, awesome, good job. I need to, I need to, you know what, I sh- I need to start doing that, and I've wanted to do that in my personal life. I I need to get better at um, being transparent with people, like strangers. I want to get better at like giving people compliments, like random compliments, or if I'm thinking something, I want to tell them because normally I won't. Like if I like, oh, that's a cool shirt, I'll think it. But I won't tell them, or uh, I like your hair, or whatever. Because as people, like we, we uh, that can change somebody's day when you think about it. That can change the course of somebody's days if somebody just goes out of their way to like compliment them or just be nice to them, hold the door open. Like we think it's so insignificant, but it really isn't. Like we really are doing our part in like the bigger picture to. Um, improve things and to be better and to you know do all that stuff i just it's something that baffles me because i've never really like i don't partake in like youtube comments and the reason i don't is because i feel like whatever opinion i have somebody's already had that opinion Mm -hmm. like even if i have something cool i want to say or something funny or witty somebody's already made that joke 
somebody's already made that comment. Somebody has already had that thought. So I just decide to be, I'm a lurker. Like I just, I read stuff and I'm okay with that, but I've never felt empowered to be negative online. And I don't understand why people feel empowered to do that. I don't really know what they get out of it. I think, I think it gives power to people who normally wouldn't have a lot of power. It gives a voice to a lot of people who don't, who feel they don't have a voice. You know, I was expecting to find a little bit more negative on here. Let me, there was one time that somebody, uh-huh. it's probably the same fucking video, that somebody was <laughs> like, oh man, uh, you know, lyrics were weak, blah, blah. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, you know, the lyrics that I wrote for Witch House were kind of, they had like a double meaning to them. That was, and Nervous Wreck was one of the first songs that I wrote that was a pretty straight up song. And I wrote it that way on purpose. I wanted to be transparent I didn't want anybody to have to fucking think about, oh, what's this yeah. song about? I, it is what it is. That's what the song is about. I need. I want to be upfront. I want to just say how I'm feeling. And it's like, the lyrics are whack. I'm like, dude, yeah. like, if I had fucking called that guy, if I was that guy's friend, I called him on the phone and I told him how I was feeling and it was every word to that song. And he told me, oh, dude, everything you just said is whack. But you know what, dude, you're a fucking shitty friend. Like, I'm going through some shit right now. Like, I don't feel good. Um, I, I, I want to talk to somebody about how I'm feeling, and this, and this is the best way I can do it, and you're telling me what I'm telling you over the phone in our conversation is whack. Well, fuck you. You're a person of no substance. I, 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 you're, who, why am I even wasting my time? They'd probably do the opposite. That's the two-faced part of it. They'd probably do the opposite. They wouldn't tell you it's whack. They would be like, oh, I'm here for you. If you I'm ever need anything. You, I'm here for you, bro. That's not right. If you ever need anything, I'm here for you. You're in my thoughts and you're in my prayers. You know, Whatever I can do for you, just, just I'm always here for you, man. Yeah. No, you're not. And it's like, you know, <laughs> man, like, like if somebody is writing their emotions and stuff on a, on a piece of paper and they're going to share it with the world. And then you say the lyrics are whack. You know, don't be wrong. There are songs with some whack lyrics. Oh, we'll, you know, there's a lot. Of them. <laughs> we'll get to that. One there's day. a lot of them. But I mean, when, like when you're saying stupid shit in your songs, like, okay, I get that. But I mean, when you're, when you're just being honest and like, you know, it's a serious song. Yeah. When you're writing about how you feel. I mean, and I didn't understand that. I was like, 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 what do you want me to write about? You want me to write about fucking dragons and shit? I don't know. <laughs> I I never understood that either because, like, Witch House, right, is fiction. It's, it's essentially, yeah, there's, 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 there's hints of nonfiction. There, a lot of the songs on Witch House have a lot of double meaning. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe one day I'll get into all that. But most of the songs, you know, are the foundation is fiction, and then you just kind of sprinkle some nonfiction in there. But, um, and, and those songs were somewhat easier to write sometimes because, you know, you're, you're almost just telling a story, but with Nervous Wreck, all those songs were like straight up, there's like no story. I mean, it's, it's real shit. And like the, the minute you're real with people, they're like, oh, these are whack lyrics. I'm like, what? I'm like, like, you can't be honest about a song. Like you can't, you can't, you pretty straightforward. Yeah. I I, I want to just be straightforward. Yeah. If you even like, I mean, you can look at the whole album, but like even that song, and I remember like we, and we wanted to make a more uh, real, like we want our, our lyrics to be based in reality on that one. Like we wanted to talk about 
from what I remember, right? So Witch House was kind of a little based on like horror movies, and yeah, there's a little bit hints of reality, but like yeah, just like 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 an example is like the song Witch House. Yeah, Witch House is supposed to be a spooky song, but I mean, it's really a song about um, you know giving in to temptation and you know your vices or whatever those may be, and those you know ruining your life. I mean, that's what that song is about, but I wrote it in the sense of, uh, in a fictional way. So the, a lot of the songs are like that. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's, that took a little th- of thought to do that, you know, and Nervous Wreck was not. Nervous Wreck was, you know, I was a shitty person during that time, and you remember that. Like, I don't even think y'all wanted to talk to me very much, because I just was never in a good mood about anything. I wasn't around very much, and so that kind of just translated to the words. And and the minute like you're transparent is when you're most vulnerable, it seems. And people just shit on you, and it's like, hmm. you know, now I don't care about it because these people's opinion of me don't matter. I'm still doing what I do. I I, I don't know who these people are. I'm never going to meet them in my life. Yeah. So. Also, that was like that was a that's a time capsule in your life, mm-hmm. and one that you were able to document and. Hopefully, it's, it's once you do yeah, it, you're I'm, able to release it. For real, in a way. I'm not that same person anymore. I'm I'm a much happier person than yeah. what I was when I wrote that. Um, but you're able to release it, and it is what it is. And um, yeah, people, the stuff people put online is strange, and I feel like that might I be. I mean, if it was like some like random guy from another country. <laughs> Like leaving a comment that says, Show me your bobs, or I would laugh. <laughs> I would like to see your Vergana. Yeah, like if they were saying that, then that's totally fine. Where are me. those comments? Because then I would just laugh. Yeah, like I wouldn't, I would, that would make my day. So, yeah, we're gonna wind down here. I feel like that's a whole, I feel that might be a reoccurring theme in a lot of things we talk about that negativity, that online negativity, because I feel like that's such a constant thing. And I know that's something I need to work on myself. I know sometimes I can be pretty negative, and sometimes I can be critical about things, and that's something I'm working on myself, and I think I've gotten much better over that about that over the last few years. Um, but you're not going to catch me talking shit on YouTube comments ever. <laughs> Just, um, it's not going to happen. It, that's that's a that's an all time low. Yeah, just. I mean, it's one thing if I don't like a song, and you know, I'll talk to you like about some songs. Oh, I don't like that song very much. Or I don't like it. I, yeah. You know, I like I like Three Days Grace. I hate Three Days Grace. <laughs> I just don't think they're a good band. But I'm not gonna go out of my way to boycott Three Days Grace and talk shit about them on all their music videos or go to their concerts and like protest them and and i'm just not gonna listen to them because i don't like it three days grace has like some type of record for most like rock singles or something like that i would have to look it up but you may not like it somebody out there does so i guess that's cool i don't know um i don't know uh do you have anything you want to end on with no, I mean... Um, Fuck them. No, no, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> no. I'm just going to leave it very simple. In the words of two fine gentlemen from San Dimas, California, 
be excellent to each other. I can't think of a better way to end uh, this episode. Uh, this has been the Fiends Podcast. We are Fiends. We'll see you next week. Later. Later.